Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Heron, and we have a lot to discuss, including splits, a new couple, some interesting Juan Pablo updates, and Hannah Ann's recent revelations to Us Weekly. I caught up with the Bachelor season 24 winner, and we talked a little bit about Peter, Crystals, and Victoria S., and of course, why I want her to be the Bachelorette. So you'll hear a little bit of that later, but first I would like to ask Us Weekly social media editor Kelly Lasky to join me in a moment of silence for the couples we have lost in Bachelor Nation in 2020. I'm going to read through some of them and I need you to tell me who the most surprising was, who the least surprising was, and of course we're going to get into Becca and Garrett. So hello, Kelly. Hi, Sarah. So happy to be here. Happy to have you. 2020 has been a rough year for celebrity couples and the world, and Bachelor Nation is no exception. Just a few couples that we've had to say goodbye to would be Joe and Kendall of Bachelor in Paradise, Peter and Hannah Ann, Peter and Madison, Chris and Crystal of Bachelor in Paradise, first Bachelor divorce, which, you know, I'm obsessed with that we have no other divorces, Demi and her boyfriend Slater, Colton and Cassie, and of course, Becca and Garrett. Who stands out to you on that list? So least surprising for me, I have two. Number one is Colton and Cassie. I feel like I sound like a broken record, but I kind of saw this coming. I'm a big advocate for basically being able to see right through the relationship. I felt like Colton was all in. This is it for him. And I just didn't see it with Cassie on her end. I saw it in person on Good Morning America. And I just felt like he was all in, she wasn't. So I'm not completely shocked by that. What I am shocked by them is like the messiness of their split. I did not see that coming. I did not know that it was going to get that dirty, that, you know, people are unfollowing each other. Moms are unfollowing each other. You know, Greg Sulkin is even getting involved. And I feel like when a guy gets involved too, it's like definitely, you know, heightens the situation. But I was pretty shocked by Joe and Kendall. I feel like they kind of went under the radar And I was kind of looking into their relationship and I saw that obviously like he wanted to be in Chicago and she wanted to be in Los Angeles. And I just think that that's like a very real life reason to be, to break up with someone. And I kind of think that for once, maybe it wasn't Bachelor Nation being up in their grill at all times. I think that that actually was like a real situation where one person wanted to be somewhere and one wanted to be the other. And then my other thing before I talk your ear off, is for Demi Burnett, like I'm not completely shocked by that because I feel like the issue with when you're in Bachelor Nation, you start dating someone, 
you know, people get word of it. The news picks it up. They start talking about it. Like you can't just be hooking up with someone. And I really think that she was probably just casually hooking up with this guy. And then it's labeled as like, this is her boyfriend. They're dating. When really, I think that she's just fooling around, which is good for her. She should be able to do that. But I think that that's, you know, I'm not shocked by that because I feel like she's just doing her thing, which I respect. Okay. I totally agree with you, Reed, Joe, and Kendall. I think that that really surprised me. I was rooting for them. It does make sense that when, you know, you live in Chicago and you live in Los Angeles, that your relationship isn't going to work out. But I don't know why I thought that he was just making the move and things were good. Like they moved in together, but clearly he was homesick and wanted to go back to Chicago. We had hoped that they might reunite a few months ago when they like posted similar Instagrams and they like Venmoed each other for sushi, which was hilarious that Bachelor people found that. But I think it's definitely over for them. I wonder if they split before the quarantine. So I wonder if that would have made a difference. Maybe if he got stuck in LA, they would have decided they couldn't live without each other. Or maybe he would have run back to Chicago anyway to quarantine there. I don't know, but I am upset about that one. My most surprising though, I actually think was Chris and Crystal. Just because, like I said before, when bachelor people get married, they have never been a divorce. So usually you think that that means it's the real deal because these couples usually just go their separate ways before they decide to make it legally official. We talked about it a few weeks ago. Obviously, they broke up in February, but Chris confirmed to Us Weekly that, you know, she filed for divorce. It's officially over. And that made me sad just because I felt like they were two villains who found each other. But the more recent split, of course, is Becca and Garrett. If you've been living under a rock, Becca and Garrett got engaged during the season 14 finale of The Bachelorette in 2018, and there was split speculation since June because they got into an argument over the Black Lives Matter movement and Garrett supporting police and Becca having a very emotional conversation about this whole situation with Rachel Lindsay. And after she, you know, jetted off to Minnesota to be with her family and he continued to party with his friends and go to weddings without her and go hunting and live his life very much without Becca. And she was kind of quietly at home or so it seemed she finally confirmed on their show, on her show with Rachel bachelor happy hour that they are over. And a source told us that Becca understands that fans became invested in her relationship over the past two years and appreciate the love that she and Garrett have received. That said, she needed space and time to figure things out before officially confirming the breakup. She never intended to be cryptic or mysterious. She just didn't want to react out. She didn't want, Oh, um, that just end with mysterious. I don't understand what that part means. Okay. So what was your take on these two and Becca finally confirming the split? I think it would have been easier on their end if they kind of just addressed the split with like a simple Instagram post, like, okay, we're done. It was, re- it's been real, no regrets, whatever. But I kind of feel for them in the situation where if you are living with someone and you don't agree on politics, religion, really you know, heavy topics like that. And you don't agree with someone and they're just so, um, and then the media gets involved with your viewpoints and this and that, like, I can't even imagine, you know, living with that person and, you know, overcoming that. I just think it is a really big thing. And like, maybe they didn't often talk about it and all of a sudden they did. So I do feel for them. I think it really stinks that they aren't together anymore, but I've kind of been saying, I've kind of saw this coming for them. They, I didn't, I also don't follow them. So I don't see them all the time on Instagram, but I just feel like maybe some other couples, they're more showy with, with their relationships. They weren't really. So I don't know. You just never really go know what goes on behind closed doors with people. What's for cameras. What's not what's going on behind the camera. So I don't know, but that's kind of my view. I I wish Becca the best. She was super nice when, when we met her. I really, really like her and Garrett too. Like, I hope they find other people. And I hope that like, 
they can just kind of like chill, maybe out of the spotlight for a little bit and, you know, figure things out. It was a really big breakup. They were engaged for what, two years? Like that's really, that's really hard. So I feel for them. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting the way this all played out because as we know, when the season was airing, Garrett was, you know, under fire for liking a lot of offensive posts about the Parkland shooting and the LGBTQ community. And he kind of had a bad rep of like not being, of being insensitive and not necessarily being a great guy. And they really bonded together during that time and kind of came out stronger than ever. And Becca was like, I, you know, don't believe that this is where Garrett's views aligns. He liked to post. He didn't understand the repercussions. He wasn't in the spotlight. He didn't understand what, you know, double tapping that post really meant. And he said something similar. So it felt like they had come so far in these two years, just as a level of respect for each other. And they weren't overly lovey until the beginning of this year, because Becca was, you know, on tour with The Bachelor and Garrett, they didn't live together, I don't think, until this year full time. And then once they moved in together and were quarantined together, it was very lovey and a lot of like kissing selfies and videos and bed together. And one weekend he was away and she shut down rumors like just because Garrett's fishing without me doesn't mean we, we broke up, like clapping back, like he's my man. So it, it it almost I feel for Becca because this year almost feels like it was a roller coaster. Like they moved in together, they were solid, they almost were like taking that next step, I think starting to wedding plan, and now it's over. And I think it's for the best because I mean she said on Bachelor Happy Hour that it wasn't just because of some Instagram comment. It wasn't because of what someone else thinks, because you know, people are out here trying to blame Rachel Lindsay, which is absurd. And but I think they're clearly just very different and their values don't line up. Whoever side you're on in the argument there, they, they don't agree. And it was too much, but it's still sad. And I think it's okay to acknowledge that it's sad because they were engaged for two years, like you said. And, you know, the bachelorettes have a lot of success with Garrett was her first impression rose. They were together for two years, you know, but we were starting to see some of these relationships really crumble and it makes me sad. But at the same time, I, I, I'm sure both of them will be fine. I mean, they're like, she is gorgeous. And mm-hmm. he's like out here on fishing and camping trips. And he doesn't, he hasn't said anything yet, which I also think is interesting because he was the one who deleted the Instagram highlight of her, but he hasn't responded after she acknowledged it on the podcast and then posted like a very generic, similar quote that she said on the podcast onto her Instagram. She turned the comments off, but I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting for, he's going to snap and clap back at someone, right? Like it's yeah. inevitable. I also hate to say this because it is someone's life and that, you know, this breakup did happen. But anytime there's a a breakup in Bachelor Nation, I'm just waiting to see the next person that they date. And I hate to say that because like everyone has should have their own time to like heal or whatever. And there's no need to even be in a relationship. But they kind of do, you know, stick around in Bachelor Nation and feel the waters. And I'm like excited to see who's Cassie going to talk to next or who's Colton? Like I'm, I'm shipping Colton and Maddie Prue. I just feel like they'd be really good together, but that's kind of the fun part of being a a fan of the show is that the news from bachelor nation continues even when the show is not airing. So we will always have something to talk about and their lives are interesting. And it, it just, for like a year like this, where there's a lot going on, I feel like the bachelor nation news is kind of like, you know, keeps you going. And, uh, gives you something to talk about. Absolutely. And there was Cassie after she unfollowed Colton and Greg Sulkin unfollowed Colton and her sister unfollowed Colton. And then he unfollowed back. There was these reports that she was dating this musician named Brighton, 
Reinhardt, but he denied that to Us Weekly and said they're just friends. They have been for four or more years, and her, his, my brothers and I are all close with Cassie and her family. So she is not dating this random singer, but I assume that there's going to be, you know, more rumors about those two and more, you know, we haven't seen Colton and Lucy Hale in a hot minute. So unclear if, if they're still going strong, but it's hard, like you said, not, not to care and not to want to know who they're going to be with next, but you're right. Like we should give them their time. All these breakups are new. They're fresh. Exactly. No need to rush into anything. I'm shouting out to Bachelor Nation right now. You do not need to rush into a relationship, but if you do, we're going to be watching. <laughs> yeah, we are prepared. We'll be paying attention. Well, I mean, speaking of new relationships, if we want to call it that, Jeff Holm, who was engaged to Emily Maynard on, I believe it was like season eight of The Bachelorette. If I'm wrong, please don't come for me. But Jeff Holm is, has been linked to Francesca from Too Hot to Handle, which is the Netflix reality show that I didn't watch because... I can only watch so much reality television and I apologize for this being a blind spot, but that's why Kelly is here. So before I read Jeff's quotes about Francesca and their relationship, what can you tell me about this too hot to handle star who has been linked to several reality stars in the last few months? Yes. So I just want to start by saying, I think that she's trying to stay relevant. I know that in a quarantine, in a time like this, when not a lot is filming, there's only so much you can really do to keep your name in the press. But Francesca on Too Hot to Handle, like basically the premise of the show, which some of you probably have watched, you can't, you can form relationships with people, but you can't hook up with them. And if you do hook up with them, the pool of money that the cast can win gets penalized. So what's interesting is Francesca in the show she made it very clear that she didn't care that the whole group of people was going to lose money. She would continue to hook up with people. And I think that other people were very hesitant to like touch anyone else, even if they were feeling it. Francesca was very open about the fact that, you know what, I'm going to go for it. I don't care about this money. I don't care if other people aren't going to get money. And she met this guy, Harry, and they kind of had like a little roller coaster relationship, but they did end up sticking together. I'm pretty sure they met each other's families but every week I'm seeing her now with a different reality star and I don't know what's going on, but my only thing I can think of is trying to stay relevant. Like uh, last week, I think it was, she was arm in arm with Damien from Love is Blind and walking in LA and he denied it being like, or I think it was one of them denied it saying that they were just walking out of the restaurant, crossing the street, she grabbed onto his arm, whatever. Can I just say she was wearing a very lacy bralette and jeans? And we did post this picture on our Us Weekly Instagram account. No one cared that these two were arm in arm. They just cared that she was wearing a bralette. All the comments were like, where's her shirt? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, are you guys not seeing who's arm in arm right now? So obviously they since denied it. And she's seeing Jeff home, which Jeff was like, when I watched Emily Maynard season, I loved him. Like I thought he was very under the radar shy his first kiss with Emily took forever he was just like a very shy person I can't really see it between them but I definitely think she has a type like if you look at the guys that she's kind of been seen with not saying that she was with Damien or anything but like they all are like blonde kind of like hipster vibes like I just definitely think she has a type but long story short I think this is a 
uh, like she wants to stay relevant. I'm sorry, Jeff, if you are like all in, but I, I really think that this is just, think about it. All these headlines are written about her continuously for who she's dating. Like she knows what she's doing. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you wear a lacy bralette to lunch if you don't think the paparazzi are going to see you. But that whole situation was so confusing because he is still with Giannina. That's that's how you say her name. I can't remember. He always called her G. Yeah. On Love is Blind. And we know we saw them break up on the show, but then at the reunion, it was revealed that they've been together this whole time and they're not married, but they're still together. And he posted like a very like cuddly picture with her after these photos came out to prove they were still together. So why him and Francesca were at all arm in arm going to lunch, doing anything is very confusing to me. Maybe, you know, they're bored. Maybe she invited him to lunch because they have like a mutual friend or something. And they were just talking about reality TV. And then she called the paparazzi. I don't know. But I was just going to say that because just like you, I became heavily invested in selling Sunset. And once Christine was kind of like calling Heather out for calling the paparazzi out to be in this place, like it just made me think, why would the paparazzi be there in this random spot to capture this iconic moment for reality TV, this big crossover? One of them texted someone or called someone to get them there. I just, I'm starting to see right through it after selling Sunset, my queens kind of just like shed light on that situation. But yeah, it's definitely interesting. But I mean, whatever she's doing is working because we're talking about it right now. Totally. It also reminds me of a few years ago on Vanderpump Rules when Sheena was spotted with Robbie Hayes and Stassi on the show was like, oh, they just happened to be at the beach frolicking and they just happened to get photos of it. Um, And of course, that was like another that was kind of the reality TV big deal crossover of that time. Whereas now it would be more of a love is blind to have to handle split crossover. But back to Jeff, he told E! News, our mutual friend Casey introduced us a few weeks ago. She's a lot of fun to be around. We've been hanging out and getting to know each other. She's a great person inside and out, and we have a lot in common. I definitely have a crush on her. People are quick to put a title on things, but we're just in the beginning stages and taking things slow. So I wonder if Jeff like came out with this because of the pictures of Damien and Francesca to be like, no, like, I'm the reality star who's dating the thirsty reality star, not you, Damien. Like it was like his Mm -hmm. way of being like, I have the crush on her, which is absurd, but very 2020. People fall at her feet and, you know, like good for her on too hot to handle, not caring about the money and kind of just doing what was best for her. But guys really do fall at her feet. I will good for her, but also we know what game, what game is being played right now. Totally. And even with Jeff, like you said, I remember liking him on Emily Maynard season two, like he was, he was shy and kind of charming, but after everything played out with those two, I think they had a messy split. And then he, him and Ari like fight on Twitter, like every couple years too, when um, they were really good friends from Emily's season and they were kind of like the, um, Robbie of the, of their time, like they were going to all the colleges and performing and not performing, but like Luke Pell and what's his name, James Taylor would like perform at like mm-hmm. sororities and stuff. And like, there was all these stories about maybe them hooking up with the girls. But before them, it's like they, Jeff Holm and Ari walked. So those two could run. Like they were the one that people were telling stories about. And then when Ari was named The Bachelor, Jeff kind of turned on him and he was like, oh, the stories I could tell, he won't make it a year with whoever he picks. Like, I'd bet money on it. And of course, Ari didn't technically make it with who he picked, which was Becca, but he is married to Lauren. They have a daughter. They've been married for over a year. Happy ending there. But it's interesting because he, you know, as much as we want to give him maybe more credit than her, he clearly tries to make himself relevant every few years too. So take this for what it is, but interesting duo. 
Yeah. No, you're totally right about him. I'll forget about him. And then I'll randomly remember. Also, fun fact, whenever that season happened, I think I was either in, I think I was, we were in high school. I added him on Facebook, like a personal Facebook, and he accepted my friend request. Stop. Because I was like into him at the time as like a, as like a, like, what was it? 15 year old being like, oh yeah, maybe I'll add him on Facebook. Maybe he'll like me back. Right. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, wait. You love blonde guys. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Actually, he kind of has red hair, but I, I am like a blonde is definitely my type. Blonde and blue eyes. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Well, I talked to Hannah Ann this week and it was not a full on, you know, bachelor interview, but because she was promoting her partnership with Poppy Soda. But of course I had to sneak a few bachelor questions in there because that's the kind of journalist I am. So I wanted to play a few clips and then we're going to talk about what she told us, including how this is her third life, she said, after growing up, being on The Bachelor, and then her breakup with Peter and where she is now. So here's a little bit about Hannah Ann saying how she feels after this whirlwind year. Yeah, I'm on my third life. I feel like prior to the show was one life. And then the show was my second life. Being engaged included that. And then now I'm on my third life, which is, you know, living in Los Angeles, being single and kind of just making the most out of this new life. It's just, it truly has been crazy. To think that I was like engaged, like probably getting married this fall, it just blows my mind. I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. (laughs) She also spoke to us about what she learned about herself throughout this whole process. And here's what she said about that. You know, growing up in the South, like my parents got married young, my grandparents, you know, all my family and friends that like I grew up with, everyone gets married young. And so that's really been like instilled in me, like those family values and marriage. And like, I've had like the best people to like model after in a marriage. And so that's always kind of like been my mindset going into my 20s is that, you know, you get married. And now I've learned at 24, I'm taking like this unbeaten path that I've been raised in, you know, like not the cookie cutter lifestyle. Like I'm doing something completely different than like my family and friends ever thought that I would do. And so, you know, being 24 and like, I realized just how independent I can be and just how important it is to make sure you are happy and at peace with yourself. Because if you aren't, then you can't give that to other people. And really, that's just something that I'm working on is just making sure that like happiness is on me. Like no one else can make me happy. No other opportunity can make me happy other than myself. And just making sure that that's at the forefront of my mind. You know, like I'm kind of at a place now. It's like, I don't need someone. Like if someone comes along my path, it's just because I'm going to be wanting them, you know, not because I need them, you know, just being emotionally, physically, financially independent. And there's like a lot of like, confidence that comes with that that I'm building like you know just an inner confidence to where like I'm going to be better for my future partner and of course I had to be shady and ask her because she mentioned that she would probably be getting married right now so of course I had to say well do you think you and Peter you know would have had a successful marriage and she humored me and she answered in a more positive way than I ever would have expected and here's that I don't know I mean I I think I think we we I think if we could have made it through I mean the show just you know, it's really stressful, you know, especially having to watch all that back. I feel like we would have made it through that. We would have definitely gotten married and made it through it because we both have family values. But I think sometimes it's not about meeting the right person. Sometimes the right time and place. And, you know, we just weren't at the right time or place and we're not the right 
people for each other either, but you know what I mean. <laughs> okay, Kelly, what did you think of Hannah Ann telling us that she thinks if her and Peter would have made it through watching the show back in their first year, that they would have been successfully, happily married? I really don't like Kyle, Tyler Cameron kind of said it a couple of weeks ago to Christina, one of our on a reporters. And she, he basically said, you cannot play that game of what ifs. I kind of feel like Hannah shouldn't even be thinking like, Oh yeah. Like Peter and I would have been married by this time. Like blah, 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 blah. Like that's not a game she should play. We're like big Hannah Ann stands. And so I just feel like she's killing it right now. And she does not need Peter. I just want to say that right now, no hate, but like, she does not need Peter. I, I'm not saying that what she's saying isn't true, but like, I really would have trouble believing that they would have like a successful marriage. Like I just feel like they're so young and like, it's just, they went all in so fast. She doesn't really even need to be thinking about that. But I do know that you were the one to ask the question. I know. I was going to say defensive Hannah Ann. She didn't exactly bring it up. I kind of probed her with it, but I just think it's interesting because they broke up and I mean, she was engaged in January of this year. Like her 2020, that's when they broke up at the end of January. So her 2020 has just been so all over the place, which is so fascinating to me, which she touched on. And I only asked because he broke up with her because he still had feelings for Madison. And she kind of, I think, was willing to try to make it work at the time. Like she didn't, she wasn't like full on over him. So I only brought it up to see, you know, where she would think about being. And it's just so funny to think about all these people if they had made like one decision differently you know, Juan Pablo, we'll get to him later, exactly. but even he said in an interview totally. that he's thought about what would happen if he, if he picked Claire. So it's very interesting. But of course, I had to ask her about Peter and Kelly, because, you know, Peter's been dating Kelly and Kelly was in their final five and they were friends on the show. And she told me that mm-hmm. she, Kelly was a good friend of hers on the show and she's been nothing but nice to me. And, you know, she's continued to be nothing but nice to me and we're on a really good place. And I said, so you wish Peter and Kelly the best. And she said, yeah, truly. I wish them nothing but the best. I love love. And I just want everyone to find love. And I know my time will come. So she's taking the high road. She's taking the high road totally. But when I did read that interview, I was like a little shook because it must mean that like, she's actually here for Peter and Kelly and that they're good for each other because I feel like she's also not afraid to say what she really thinks. So, I mean, they must be the real deal if she's supporting them because she really did get the short end of the stick in the entire situation. So the fact that she's saying positive things about all of it and about those two people that are now, I mean, it's gotta be hard to watch. So I really think that, you know, she must be a fan of them if she's saying this, because we know that she's not afraid to say it how it is. I totally agreed. Um, Of course, I had to ask if she's been in touch with Barb at all, because again, I'm a popster. And she responded, I'm a big fan of hers as well, but no, we parted ways. He comes from the best family. He's a great family. I'll always be a fan of his family. They're nice people, but no, we're not in touch. Which imagine if she just like dropped a bomb and she's like, oh yeah, we're getting lunch next week. I would have like freaked out. And I, we know Barb loves Kelly. So it's like a non thing, but I was just, I had to ask just in case her and Barb were DMing, you know? If you don't need Barb in your life, like don't push it. Like really don't push that button. Like if you don't need her in your life, like I don't, don't fight it. Like, it's just, it's probably an added, whole added, uh, I don't even know. (laughs) Well, someone Hannah Ann has kept up with is her final four from Peter's season. So that's obviously Victoria F., Madison, and Kelsey. And they were recently all over um, each other's Instagrams on a girl's trip. So, of course, I had to ask her about that. And here's what she said about her bond with Peter's final four. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people are probably like, like, how could you guys be friends? And really, we just, we shared such a special experience with one another that there's just a crazy unique bond. Like, I have friends that have known me my entire life, but there's also, you know, an element that, you know, the three other girls, they know me on such a different level because, you know, going through the show, you know, like you don't have your cell phone, you don't have your family or friends. So really you rely on one another. And we are all like sisters at this point. Like we know each other from the inside out and, you know, none of them can ever like replace who they are and how much they mean to me. And like, you know, we're, we're grown women. Like we want to put, you know, our differences aside and like support one another because we can't find that bond with anyone else except each other. Yeah. Were you guys doing a girl's trip this weekend? Yeah, no, just a fun girl's trip. We just, it because it, it, we got all so close through the show and we've been meaning to get together and it's really neat that we can all come together and like genuinely have a great weekend because we're all feeling like good about ourselves and we're all in a happy place so we can come together and like truly like support one another and it, it's it's a really special thing it really is I never thought we we would ever get there but we, we made it through it and it's through all of us just putting our differences aside and, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be me if I didn't ask her about Victoria F. and Chris Souls. And she confirmed to me that she has not met Farmer Chris yet, but she is rooting for each girl. She's rooting for their love story. And she definitely thinks that they could work. What are your thoughts on these four hanging out together, Kelly? Well, first on them for hanging out together, I think it was branded because this Instagram I follow, Beach Riot, was where I saw the the post first before I saw them. And that's, I was like, what the heck are all these girls doing together wearing the same thing in LA riding around on bikes? So then I realized like, obviously it was friends, whatever, but I think there was something branded involved. Secondly, I just have to say for Chris and Victoria F, I think it's going to be like a Joe and Kendall situation. I think I've said, also said this before, maybe on this podcast where I feel like Chris's farm is his life. And I also feel like um, LA is calling Victoria F's name if she is already isn't there already. So that's all I'm going to say about that. I'm wishing them all the best, but I just think it'll be like a very similar situation to that. I, I agree. However, I almost think that it might work for them. Like if they split their time and she's on the farm, you know, during the week and then get jets off to LA for the weekends and he's cool with it and he trusts her. Like I could see her being like part farm wife, part Instagram influencer. For some reason, I feel like that's what they've been doing so far. And they've obviously been really private about their relationship. And I respect them for it. Like, it's not what I would expect. You would think Victoria F, you know, everything we saw of her on the show, which I know it's not always fair to judge them from the show, but that's all we know. Um, right. You would think if she got into a post-bachelor relationship with someone from The Bachelor, she would be bragging about it and posting about it. And all we have is Leaping Lizards Cafe's picture of them. So never forget. I was just going to figure out a way to name drop them because I completely forgot about them. But you just did that. But also going along with what you're saying, I do have to agree because... For someone who is very into Instagram and content, she'll have like a good balance of farm background instas, but also like LA beaches. So she'll, it'll be good for her content. Like if they stay together, it's like a, that's like a positive is that she'll have various different backdrops for her Instagrams. Anyways, carry on. Love that. Um, before we totally move on from Hannah Ann, I just wanted to play one more little segment because I asked her if she would ever go back on the show. Of course, I asked her about her trip to Palm Springs, which she couldn't tell me anything and said, you know, just have to wait and tune in. So we assumed she was there to either host a date or give Taisha or Claire some sort of advice on this journey since we know that she had a weird ending with Peter. So 
I was like, one, are you going to be the bachelorette? Cause I'm, you know, dying for that. And two, would you want paradise or any of these shows? What are you looking for in a guy? So here are some of the things she told me about her potential return to bachelor nation. I, I really do believe it works. And if anyone, I mean, people should believe me when I say that, because I, you know, got engaged and had a breakup and I still believe in it. I think it works if you know what you want. If you know who you are and you know what you want, if you if you have those two things, you know, at the forefront of your heart, then it can work. The main thing, you know, I want someone. There, there's three things, okay? It's very, and, and you would think that this is easy, but it's actually quite difficult. I realized, you know, I want someone that loves God, loves family, and is consistent. Just those three things, and. I, you know, I'm a big family person. I want someone that wants a big family. I want someone that like my family comes first and whoever I'm dating, their family comes first as well. And I think that's why, you know, like I, I've just always been like that. And also like my faith is important to me and I want someone that values that as well. And then third, you know, just someone being consistent. Like I, I'm done playing the games. I, I'm looking for a husband. I just want someone that's true and consistent and is, you know, going to show up and not just say a bunch of stuff. Well, you know, as always, I'm rooting for Hannah Ann to find her man. She says the three things she needs. They're easy, she thinks, but it's becoming a problem. Someone who loves God, loves family, and is consistent. She just doesn't want to play games anymore. She's looking for a husband. And I am rooting for her no matter where it is. And I hope we get to watch it on our TV screens. Same. Oh, the things I would do for a paradise this year. We needed it. Me too. But instead, we have season 16 of The Bachelorette. The countdown is on. We are about a month away. I'm so excited to finally have answers. I mean, I think the first couple episodes are probably going to be anticlimactic because it's going to be Claire's. We know she filmed for two weeks. So I think we're going to get probably two or three episodes of generic Bachelorette, meet Claire, meet the guys until we start to get the drama. But even I'm okay with that because it's been so long. I mean, it's been since March we saw Peter's explosive after the final row. So I'm on the edge of my seat. But all we've gotten so far is a Kiki Palmer music video that um, had a few scenes set to Claire's season in the background. Kiki Palmer doing a cover of, of Aretha Franklin's Respect. I think this might have been ABC's way of trying to make it up to True Jackson VP herself for canceling Strahan, Sarah, and Kiki. So I don't really know what to make of it, but what was your reaction when we finally got, you know, a little bit of footage from Claire's season in this, in this commercial? I think it's very telling that they did not get a lot of filming done for her because the amount of Juan Pablo that are, that is in the promos. Okay. That was so long ago. Obviously it's definitely a part of like her image and her past. And it's kind of part of the reason why she is where she is today. Why we're still talking about her, why she's a bachelorette. I don't think they needed to hone in on him so much, but now looking at it, it's like they definitely didn't have a lot to work with. Kiki Palmer definitely threw me a curveball. I was like, not ready to see that. Good for her. I do love Kiki, but I mean, I also think it could be a way for ABC to also like make the show more diverse and have more different faces involved. And I also think that like maybe Kiki's going to be a part of the show now in some way. Maybe she'll eventually have a role. Like we don't know that, but I have seen her and Rachel Lindsay work together on Strahan and Kiki. I think they vibe and they do a really good job together. So who knows with something like maybe they'll be involved in something together. Also, this is random, but I'm a big TikToker now, not actually TikToking, just watching TikToks. And her song, Bottoms Up from 2007, is starting to circulate on the app. 
and I'm here for it. I wish it was in my life back in 2007. I feel like it would have shaped me as a person. Oh, but I loved that song at the time. I, I had never heard of it. And then the other day I heard on TikTok, I'm like, what song is this? When And now I listen to it like all the time. So like, I'm a Kiki fan. I think she's cool. I do have to say, I thought it was very random. What's wrong with just having Aretha, Aretha Franklin's version like in the... Right in the promo like I don't know if a cover needed to be done but I just think it's kind of like maybe foreshadowing a lot of changes for this season a lot of different things that we might not be expecting differences going off the beaten path than what they normally do so who knows could be like a little symbolism in there oh wow are you an English major I did study English in college I can tell. I mean, The Bachelorette always does a great job of picking an iconic song. You know, we had That's My Girl. We've had Confident. We always have a good way to set the tone for The Bachelorette. And I love that they do that. And I I like Kiki Palmer, too. And I think it was interesting to decide to do that, you know, in quarantine, mix it up a bit, have her recording a cover of Respect. And obviously that was inspired by Juan Pablo and Claire's breakup from season 18 of The Bachelor. After they broke up, he allegedly, reportedly whispered to her, I don't love you, but I love effing you. And that (laughs) prompted Claire. Iconic. Right? That prompted Claire to say, I don't want my kids to have a father like you. I want respect. Cue Kiki Palmer singing respect, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, the whole nine yards. Okay. It makes more sense now to me. Yeah, so that was the reason for the song. Um, And Juan Pablo has since weighed in, and he is not loving it. He tweeted, interesting promo of Claire Crowley in the season of The Bachelorette. Six years later, in capital letters, I know who, in capital letters, is the Juan that can't get over Juan. Would love if you could take a guess. P.S. Claire got over a long time ago, just in case. So it is important to note that um, English is not Juan Pablo's first language. If you watched the season, you would know that. But um, I just find it interesting that he now for the second time is shading Claire's season because when she was announced originally, he was like, who is she going to be with all these young guys? She's been on the show so many times, like kind of throwing shade at the casting of Claire. And now he's not happy with his footage being in the promo. So what did you think of Juan Pablo weighing in with his Juan references? Remember, they, they kept saying it's Juanuary when he was a bachelor. Right. They always get something like that and then they beat it to death. And that was like one of those things. Yeah, that was one of those things that they were doing that with. Juan Pablo definitely doesn't need to weigh in, but I can't say I'm surprised that he is. He always has shady tweets and Instagram posts and stuff. Like when something like this happens, I think that him being on The Bachelor probably negatively affected his life. I think he has some like pent up anger about that because he was not a favorite. I pretty sure people still say he was one of the worst bachelors of all time. Yeah. So I think it simply ruined his life and he's angry about it. And then he'll just come forward being like, Claire's not over me. Like, <laughs> okay, Juan Pablo, get your head out of the sky. You, she's not into you anymore. Like as much as you want her to be, like she's not into you anymore. So just stop. You're embarrassing yourself. <laughs> so Claire doesn't make the promos or the, make any decisions with the creative right. direction of her show. I doubt she was like, well, let's get that Juan Pablo breakup in there. Let's put him on blast again. Like it's 2014. Like it's still January. Like she was not in charge of that. Part of me gets why he would be frustrated with the show, bringing it up again. Like you said, he's kind of known as the worst bachelor of all time. They aired his season of, of on bachelor goat again. So I think he's just annoyed, but to blame Claire is weird. He probably should be blaming like the show if he needs to to say anything at all but if he didn't weigh in we also would probably have would not be talking about him as much like uh, he's in the promo and he's going to be featured on Claire's season and flashbacks there's no way around that but if he never reacted we'd all probably forget 
And we would also not have discovered when I did my digging today that he is divorced. Juan Pablo got married in 2017 to this beautiful TV show host and model from Venezuela, Esmeralda. And when I was looking them up, because I was writing about his tweets, I discovered that they got divorced last year and she confirmed it in March. She said, the happy endings in the stories of Disney are my favorite. And I grew up yearning to marry a prince, have a beautiful home and family and get a happy ending. Even though my marriage was not at all well, I thank God for letting me live this experience and will continue staying in hope that at some point I'll be able to live that fairy tale. I want to close this chapter of my life in the same way it began with love, because even though I didn't have a fairy tale, Juan Pablo tried to make me happy, and I tried to make him happy, and in the reality, that is most important, but you deserve this clarification, so here it is, we are divorced. So this kind of just brushed under the rug. This was a video she recorded in Spanish that was the translation, so if there's anything incorrect, I apologize. She called Juan Pablo her prince. I'm just hung up on that. I have no comment. I think she was, you know, they did get married and, you know, we know he's a single father. He has his daughter from that previous relationship. I think they probably had something there for a while. I don't know why I'm defending Juan Pablo, but that's that's, that's the thing too. Like if he just left his show, like I think people would have kind of like forgotten about it or maybe not so much judged him, but then with his tweets and his social media after it kind of further prove that like he might not be the best person. So I think that he's also partially responsible for, you know, the backlash that there is around his name. Like he did make himself a household name. You don't even have to say his last name. Like it's Juan Pablo and that's him. I haven't said it yet. I don't even know what it is. Gervais, I think. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Uh, That's when you know you've made an impact on America when no one even knows your last name. Like you're known as a first name. Yeah, Juan Pablo was definitely an interesting time to be alive. He's back in the news, like I said, because of all of this. Well, hopefully he watches Claire's season and maybe sends some tweets. Maybe I should DM him and see if he wants to talk to me. I don't know. Um, oh my I did God, read, you should. I did read Annie Dorfman's book, so I'm, I'm a little bit more on her side of the situation of the it's okay of it all. But, you know, I, I'll talk to anyone. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. My last question for you is... What are your thoughts on the fact that all these Bachelorette promos have not featured Taisha and that the network has still not acknowledged Taisha's existence in taking over for Claire, even though we know that she takes over for Claire and she's been spotted in Prom Springs? I think they're trying to leave a little bit to the imagination or so there's some sort of surprise there because we really don't know. We do know kind of what goes down with Claire a little bit at least we think we know like what goes down those first couple weeks but we really don't know what happens with Tasha. so I think that's a little bit exciting because sometimes I feel like a lot of the show is spoiled for anyone like you can't really if you follow celebrity accounts and pop culture accounts like there's really no way around the bachelor tea that ends up getting spilled I thought what was interesting was not I didn't not so much that Tasha wasn't there just like the graduate theme of Claire's promos because I've seen The Graduate. I've seen Rumor Has It, which is about The Graduate. Love Jennifer Aniston. You know what's funny is I've seen Rumor Has It, but I've never seen The Graduate. I saw The Graduate because I saw Rumor Has It, which is reversed of what you're supposed to do. So I feel you on that. But what's really interesting is like, again, I feel like this is a situation where ABC like hones in on something like they're honing in on on Claire's age and they're running with it and they're like beating it to death whereas like it's kind of like Colton's virginity it becomes a theme of the season and then we get tired of hearing about it Claire's 39 I know it's different and a lot older than the other 
bachelorettes but like we don't need to keep talking about it all the time and to make a full poster that poster was so off-brand for abc it just was like so weird that it had like a theme i don't know why peter being a pilot wasn't as extreme as that and also like i thought it was kind of confusing because in the poster she's supposed to be mrs robinson like that's the woman that seduces a 21 year old and then ends up falling in love or no, then the 21-year-old ends up falling in love with her daughter. But then why in the poster is she standing as Dustin Hoffman's character? So it's just really confusing. Like, that's all I'm going to say, because I don't want to hurt anyone's brain right now at this hour who's listening. But like, I just feel like it wasn't properly executed. And it just, we should be focusing kind of on like Claire. And now all of a sudden we have this weird promo that we're like honing in on her age and a movie that came out like a million years ago. Like, I don't know, kind of weird. But yeah. sorry to go on a tangent. What do you think about the t- whole Tasha and the promo and just the way they're promoting the show right now? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's interesting because they don't really have to do much because it's all we're talking about anyway. But the what they are doing is just not what I would be doing. Like the respect promo is one thing that like you playing up Claire's relationship with Juan Pablo and why they picked her to begin with. I, res- I respect the decision to make it about respect. But I don't right. like the graduate poster either. And I don't like the emphasis on her age. I feel like it's kind of disrespectful. Like I get addressing it maybe at one point or another or pointing out that the guys might be older or trying to get diversity on the show for Claire. I love that. But I think it's weird to make a poster about a movie poster. I mean, no one really understood it. it it's weird to have a poster for a show that people need to like an analysis on. Like that's strange, especially if the analysis isn't about the switch up. Like, if they were going to be cryptic and weird, they should have had, like, a mirror and, like, Claire on one side and, like, a dark shadow that we can be like, is that Tasha? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, of all things for them to even compare it to, I think The Graduate is interesting also because not that many people have seen it our age. And I feel like the, the, the age group for people watching The Bachelor can start as low as, like, 15, 16, 17 and go as high as, like, an elderly woman. And I feel like, like maybe the older people are the only people that even understand it. Like I had to go back and like read analysis on all of this because I was just so confused by who she was supposed to be in the poster because in the graduate poster, Mrs. Robinson is the one pulling this tights up her leg. It's It's kind of the opposite. Right. So I think that maybe ABC should sit down in a room and be like, all right, let's discuss this before we make it a huge promo because now it's kind of left me a little confused. But like I said before, I don't want to confuse anyone else, but I agree with you. I don't think we should be putting so much focus on Claire's age. It's almost ABC. It's almost backtracking some of the work that it's done to, you know, be more diverse and be more with the times, be more progressive. This seems like a step back. I agree. And I mean, again, if they don't want to totally come out with the Tasha stuff, I get it because they want to pretend we don't know, but it's ridiculous because we already know. And I think it's an opportunity to play up on the mystery. I think people would have been like the freak out if there was any implication to Tasha. Part of me now thinks they are on good terms with Claire and they're not unhappy with her. Um, Nick Bile pointed out to me last week something interesting that he thinks maybe she didn't actually quit. They came to her and they were like, I don't know if your heart's in this. Maybe we should mix it up. And there is something to be said for that theory because maybe they want to give Claire her due. Like they want her to have her two or whatever, how many weeks there are going to be as the bachelorette. Like they don't want to dip it and make it all about Tasha because, you know, she is the bachelorette. But at the same time, it's just not realistic because she's like not the bachelorette like Tasha is. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing how this is all going to play out. I'm really excited that we're getting closer and closer. And at least we got a new Kiki Palmer song out of it. 
Yes. And if you have not listened to Bottoms Up from 2007, please listen to it. Iconic. Um, well, before I let everybody go, I want to thank you for tuning in. And if you'd like to stick around to hear a little bit of a snippet of my chat with Rachel, Lindsay, and Brian, her husband, who just celebrated their first wedding anniversary and went on an amazing trip to Aruba. So they took, talked to me a little bit about that. And I got a little input on how Rachel feels about all this whole thing. So listen to that and make sure to come back next week and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Thank you, Kelly. Yep. No problem. I just want to say congratulations on one year of marriage and this amazing trip you just took. Tell me everything about Aruba. Uh, well, first of all, thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. Aruba. I have to say it's as I say Aruba out loud, a running joke between the two of us the whole trip was that we kept singing the Beach Boy song. Kokomo. <laughs> because that's how excited we were. We were like, Aruba. <laughs> <laughs> it was in our stories. I mean, it was a the theme of the trip. Yeah. yeah, Aruba is everything that you can imagine it to be. I mean, for us, we wanted to pick a place that we knew we were going to have a great time that was going to be intimate, romantic, but where we could get away and have fun. But and at the same safe. time, exactly, that it was safe. And so in doing our research, Aruba definitely takes or is taking the right protocols and has the guidelines in place to make us feel like it was safe getting COVID tests, had to get a negative one within 72 hours of the flight. The medical screening, as soon as you get off the flight. Everybody had masks. Yeah, everyone had masks. Hand sanitizer everywhere. Um, even at the hotel, it was the same, the same precautions were being taken. So it was, we had a blast. Yeah. The hospitality, I mean, was second to none. I mean, the people are so nice. Yeah. There's like a hundred different cultures there. Right. It's like a huge melting pot. They call it one happy island. And I was like joking that I'm, I feel like I'm optimistic now that I have left <laughs> Aruba. I mean, well, it's been an insane year for everyone. So what was it like to just have a few days to yourselves and to unplug? I mean, Rachel, I feel like you have 75 jobs now, so. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I, I thought it was great. I mean, like she said, we wanted to choose a spot where, you know, not only provided the safety precautions that we wanted, but at the same time, relaxing and romantic. I mean, we had so many amazing dinners, five, six, seven, eight course dinners right there on the water. You know, we did stuff that, you know, we usually don't get a chance to yeah. do, like walk on the beach, take our shoes off, just walk in the sand at night. I mean, it was just really, really romantic. And that was, that was one of the perks of it. Yeah. It was every day was magical from breakfast on the beach till, you know, dinner on the beach. There was activities. The course. No, oh yeah. I got up and had yoga. They have a lot of wellness activities at the Bakuti resort. <laughs> I got up and had yoga on the beach. It was the most peaceful thing ever to hear the waves crashing, even the birds, you know, chirping. I mean, it's, and we were able to, dream. and we were able to explore like the entire yeah. Island is about 20, 20 miles long yeah. and about six miles wide. And, uh, you know, we went from end to end adventure safari on the beach to, you know, like she yeah. said, crystal blue, green waters. It was relaxing. a Disney movie. Yeah. <laughs> it really, it really, like provided, it. really provided everything that you could ask for on a vacation. Well, I mean, they say the first year of marriage is the hardest, but you guys seem pretty, pretty blissed out. Is it just the Aruba or was the whole year pretty, pretty <laughs> I mean, go through quarantine. Really? I mean, we really were put to the test. I was asking Brian that before I said, is it that the first year is your easiest or your hardest? I can't remember, but you just confirmed it for us. I mean, quarantine, there's been a silver lining of quarantine yeah. for us just because we, Brian just started a new practice. So he's at work all day. I, my work requires a lot of traveling away from Miami. And this quarantine forced us to settle down, to be present. And we've gotten a routine of 
well, we're going on six months now being quarantined together. So it's really been great to have each other. We're each other's best friends uh, to reconnect in that in that way. And um, really just focus on what's important in life with us and really getting those future talks together because you see how things can be different from one year to the next. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned you have a million jobs, Rachel, um, and you're going to be in LA more now. We're going back and forth. What are the plans for the babies? Like, where, where are we at? How are you going to fit it all in? <laughs> somehow it just works, right? Like somehow, um, I saw, I think I saw Andy Dorfman write this on Instagram today or yesterday that you don't have to master life. You just have to master the day. I think that's what it is. And I was like, oh, that resonated with me. Okay, so that's how we're going to do it. We're just going to master the day. But um, there is some flexibility in my schedule to be bi-coastal because of COVID. There's so much that's done at home. So I get to be in studio and at home. So yeah, there's definitely a timeline in place to make all this this happen for sure. I love that. Um, I mean, we're seeing a lot of splits right now in Bachelor Nation. What is your advice to those to couples that come off the show to even give them a shot to make it work? I would say, I mean, make sure you have a solid foundation. I think a lot of couples that maybe break up, you know, on the show, their their relationship was maybe more superficial, more physical. Like they didn't really get down to the nitty gritty of what, you know, makes a relationship last. I mean, when I was on the season with Rachel, you know, I knew she had everything I wanted in a woman, you know, as far as a foundation for a wife. Now, granted, did I know everything I needed to know about her? No, that came after, <laughs> but you know, what, what was already there, you know, obviously beautiful brains, personality, ambition. I mean, I can go on with that list, but you know, she just had everything that I wanted. And, you know, I think you really need to ask the tough questions yeah. when you're in that situation to really see if you can actually make it, you know, through it, through it uh, after the show. Yeah. There's, it's so easy when you're in the bachelor bubble to be caught up in the, how, how romantic everything is and how perfect it is. And you're ignoring the outside world, but you have to have those tough conversations and you have to pay attention to the red flags. Otherwise, you know, you end up with the breakup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, what we see bachelorettes tend to have some more success other than bachelors, which I'm also fascinated with too. And you're another example of that with the, with the first impression rose success. <laughs> yeah. One, why do you think that is? And two, you're very close with Becca. And I was just wondering if you were giving her any, helping her through this breakup right now. Yeah. I think the reason I think that women do it better. You guys there's are the brains of the operations. We're the neck. I mean, we're the neck. <laughs> That's what my mom always says. I, but I think it's because the men get caught up in the fantasy, the woman that they probably could never get in real life. And they're caught up in all of that. And it's very easy to do. Women, I feel like we pull our heads out of the cloud a bit and we say, who can make sense in real life? And I think that's why you've seen more success with the women because we take that into consideration. And um, as far as Becca goes, yes, I am close with Becca and, you know, she just announced her breakup and then she also just announced today that she moved to LA. And so what I think is great with what Becca's doing, and I'm not sure if you heard on her podcast, but she, on our podcast, but she gave a very emotional statement about her breakup with, with Garrett, which is more than we've seen him do. And I think that it's very strong of her to show that emotion and to be so vulnerable and honest when so many people are criticizing her right now 
for the breakup, which it definitely takes two people and that's not fair. So Becca, I'm glad that she's starting a new chapter. She's doing what she needs to do for herself and she's surrounding herself with a good support system of family and friends who can help her get through this and she'll be stronger and better for it. I mean, Bachelor Nation is so passionate, good or bad. And I think you, you see that all the time. The two of you are both so vulnerable on that podcast all the time. Did you ever worry about putting yourself out there? Are you, at this point, are you just like, I'm doing it if they like it or not? I mean, I love it, but... I think that reality TV does it for you. Like I'll say to Brian, sometimes I'm like, I don't care how I look in this picture. I don't care this. Cause I'm like, you've seen me at my worst. I feel like just raw and vulnerable on reality TV, crying in ways that I never thought that I would making the ugly faces, you know, like getting, you know, it's just, you see all sides of you and it's, it's real. It's, it's not dramatized. I mean, it's dramatized because it's TV, but the actions is real. Like what, what the emotions are real. So I, I, I actually love being vulnerable in podcasting. I feel like podcasting is my sweet spot. And I never thought that before. There's no commercial break. No one's stopping you. You're just expressing how you feel and your audience connects with you. And I think what's great with Becca and I is that we come from two different worlds, but we're able to have these conversations and get uncomfortable and hopefully be an example to other people how you can do the same thing. We don't have to be at odds just because we're different. We can argue, we can cry together, and we can be better for it at the end of the day. I love it. I think it represents a lot of conversations people are having in their homes too. But I have to ask you about The Bachelorette. I know you probably feel like you talk about it all the time. What's going on with Claire and Tasha? But my question for you specifically is we may know how Claire's story ends. We don't know for sure, but we may know. But with Tasha, do you think it's possible that she might find love with one, some of these men that they did pick for Claire? Yeah. So I will say this because the network Warner Brothers or the production hasn't confirmed that Tasha is the Bachelorette, I will speak within the rumors. Allegedly. Um, Allegedly. Word. Stories are true. This is the thing. This is the beauty of Tasha. Tasha's been married before. So Tasha, like Claire, is not here to play any games. And for if Tasha's the next Bachelorette, for Tasha to say yes. I think that she is going to take this so seriously. And so if she does find her person at the end of this, it will be the real deal. It doesn't matter that they might've been there for someone else. I mean, Tasha's a beautiful woman who's smart, very energetic, engaging. And I think that any guy, I have been saying, my gosh, these guys got Claire, who's like sexy, sultry, knows exactly what she wants. A smart woman, and then you got you got Tasha. Like the men are winning in this situation. You know what I mean? Like you get to choose yeah. between. Oh, it didn't work with this one. Let me try with this one. All it takes is a connection. Yeah, but I saw rumors that they brought in more men too. So, you know, yeah. who knows? <laughs> okay. Well, my last question for you is: We haven't had a traditional bachelor ending in like two years, and we keep yeah. outdoing ourselves. Ever since Colton jumped that fence, we've never <laughs> been, been right. Right. So, will do you think that that's I mean, if, will it be disappointing if we do get a classic ending with, say, Matt James? Or do you think someone like Matt James would not even be want to follow the rules? Because no one else has followed the rules. Like, it's kind of a new world we're in, right? Yeah, I think that's a great question because now you can point to, I know for me, for example, when I was on my season, I pointed to Andy Dorfman's season and I said, Andy did not have to have, to have two men propose to her. So I know that that's possible. And I refuse to have two people propose to me if I know that day what I want to do. And they honored that. So I think 
there's power in pointing to, well, this person did this and this person didn't stay, you know, for their whole season. And this person jumped a fence and this person, you know, like chose the fifth person. And, you know, like there's just so many things going on. You know, this person hit on their person on stage. Like you just name it. Something new pops up every season. So I think that he will have the power to do that. But I think fans want to see, I personally want to see a traditional ending. I want to see a love story. I want to see it work out. I want to see them thrive outside of the bubble because otherwise we might as well be watching another dating show. I think that's what makes The Bachelor so special is the ending. Is yeah, that just those story. relationships developing throughout, you know, with multiple people and like who's going to yeah. win the heart at the end of the day. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's awesome. I love you guys. I'm so happy for you. If there's anything else you want to say about Aruba or your trip, let me know now. Otherwise, I think we're good to go. Yeah, I would just say everybody, like if you, I know there's a lot going on and people have different circumstances, but you know, if you are looking for a getaway, it's a safe place to go. It is extremely romantic for couples. I mean, we were bonding with other couples there everywhere yeah. you look. Everyone we talked to had- Anniversaries, birthdays. Yeah, I mean, like, everybody had a celebration or something. Yeah. It's our 15th time. We've been here. Oh, we bring our kids. I mean, it's people spend holidays there. It is a fantastic place. It's very safe. You will come out a better person <laughs> at the end of it. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.